the the reality is that it's it's like we were saying at the end of the free episodes that we are at this big juncture point, right? And I think this is another one where saying go going full bore on electrification without going even bigger on collectivization is making a decision but it's making a decision in the wrong way. It's making a, honestly, a very neoliberal decision, right? Because it's a decision that's based on looking for a quick technological fix that keeps all of the individual, uh, like hyper individualism. Um, it, you know, it, it, it also has its own, like, you know, political economic system of maintenance around that with like cap and trade, with the carbon offsets, with stuff around net zero, right? Like all of that kind of stuff. That is really just a kind of ideological and political economic system designed to maintain this kind of neoliberal momentum. Um, but that, but it is also, it's not an easier pathway than to do the other way of going towards collectivization, of going towards different forms of infrastructure, different forms of planning. It's not as if one of those is really easy and one of those is really hard. They both require huge systems of investment and resource management and planning and maintenance in order to do it. It really does come down to whose interest, right? Whose interests are being served by making one of those decisions and all of the things that go into that decision. And it's so obvious, I think, that on one hand, the, the decision of electrification without collectivization is really about uh, and the model that we have it now, the real, you know, what's told to us as the only feasible model is the Tesla model. Um, and that's about, you know, making sure that Elon Musk's uh, bank account continues to grow um, versus if you go uh, towards electrification with collectivization, that really is about creating a world that works for everybody else, right? Like it, 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 see, it seems so vulgar when you break it down in those like simplistic, uh, in that kind of simplistic form. But sometimes Occam's razor is right that like that really is just how it, how the cookie crumbles. Like, you know, it seems really vulgar, really simplistic, but it is also true that, that we are at this juncture point big decisions are being made and they really do come down, I think, to uh, decisions of, of, of politics, i.e. someone's interest uh, being preferenced over somebody else's interest. No, I, I completely agree. Um, I guess just a few points on, on what you said. First of all, um, it, it, it's interesting that you say um, that the U.S. like just has this really terrible approach to transportation um, that is really focused on the automobile, and that you can see by by visiting other places that there are different ways to do things. I think that one of the the problems is obviously that automobility very much was a product of the United States, and that the United States pushed out to the rest of the world and said like you need to, um, or or at least you should, um, you know replicate this in your countries because this is like what modernity looks like right you need to have automobiles you need to have a system of transportation focused around them and and achieving that shows that you have reached modernity and a lot of countries followed that and even in china while they've built out this amazing high-speed rail system they've expanded their their subway systems in in all these cities they've also built out massive systems of highways and expanded car ownership significantly um which is i think a significant problem and is one of the mistakes of of what china has 
has done with their transportation system, um, and that they're probably going to they're going to pay pay for down the line um, when they when the cost of of all this comes due. You know, when we're thinking about the way forward and these two different paths that you're talking about, that we've been talking about, kind of the one approach where electric vehicles are going to be our solution to this climate problem and these other transportation problems that we face. And then on the other hand, it's investing in transit and and making these other investments that are really going to solve this this kind of collectivization of the transportation system. Obviously, if we're going down the automotive route, the individualized route where everyone has to buy their own vehicle, there's a lot more profit potential in that for these these companies, right? Owning the vehicle, buying the vehicle comes with a, a high cost, so you need to keep buying it. You need to buy the energy, whether that's fuel or electricity, to you know keep the vehicle going. You need to pay for the maintenance. You need to pay for the insurance, all of these things, right? Whereas if you just have a government that is investing in transit and collective infrastructure and building bike lanes, and people can just buy a bike that lasts them 10 years and doesn't make a lot of, you know, doesn't require a lot of extra to keep it going, which is part of what the micromobility model was, you know, finding a way to, to pull more money out of bikes and scooters and things because you need to pay per use rather than just buying it once and you know getting maintenance every few years on it and whatnot right um, there's not a lot of there's not as much profit potential in that and so naturally you can see why companies don't want us to go that direction and would rather have us go the automo automotive direction right and just to, to close that that idea with an example um one of Elon Musk's big ideas for transportation was obviously the Hyperloop, right? This idea that it was going to be the super fast train that would, in his initial idea, would go between San Francisco and LA, um, would be much cheaper than high-speed rail, he promised, um, and would go incredibly fast and like all these amazing things, right? Obviously, high speed uh, Hyperloop does not exist anywhere. Um, companies have been working on it for like a decade. It's It's... You know, a, an update on an idea that is much older that was not built and what not realized. Um, but in the Elon Musk biography that was written by Ashley Vance, there's uh, Vance writes that there was a series of email exchanges with Elon Musk where Musk essentially admitted that the whole reason that he announced the Hyperloop concept at the moment that he did in like the early to mid. Um, 2010s was that it was also the moment when steam was picking up on California's high speed rail system and they were, you know, looking for the support, looking for the backing, doing the referendums to be able to start building the system. And Elon Musk did not want that system to get built. And so that is why he put out this idea of the Hyperloop to say that high-speed rail is an old technology. It's going to be outdated. We shouldn't build it because there's this new technology that's just down the line. Um, and we should wait for that to be ready before we do it. So Elon Musk is very much opposed to all of these ideas to have a more collective transportation system that takes us out of cars and automobiles because on one hand yes he is an automaker but on the other hand he's also like a rich white guy who doesn't want to be around other people and would rather just be in his own car and force everyone else to do the same and so when we think about how we're going to make the transportation system better how we're going to fix all these problems we need to stop believing that people like elon musk are the ones that are going to deliver these solutions to us when they have a particular experience of the world a particular set of incentives that are driving them and they are not aligned with a better world and the kind of world that we would want to see, 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 see.